Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to... Uh, a special episode of the, the Rangers Ravel today. We're going to uh, be interviewing a former Rangers youth, our well, first team player as well for, for a few games, um, Jimmy Gibson. Jimmy, how are you? Yeah, it's all good, mate. It's, it's nice to be on. Yeah, really, really good to have you. So really, really appreciate you doing this. I'm sorry about the intro, by the way, because that's a, that's a very temporary music thing we got, which is at the moment just like cutting the uh, the uh, viewership in half pretty much because they don't like it. But we... um. Yeah, the, the, the long-term intro tune has had a bit of a copyright strike on it randomly, so but, uh, yeah, at the moment. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to crack into some uh, questions and uh, maybe a really good uh, good chat. So, uh, I mean, just the, the first sort of thing I wanted to, to get at, obviously, you know, you, you've come to be a youth player at Rangers and uh, during a time when, you know, there's, there's some real high-quality players. So before you, you get to Rangers, do you... Are you just like much better than everyone else at your age group? Do, do you realise because what what you know, a few people I know that have, have gone on, they've they've always just been head and shoulders above everyone else about them. Yeah, um, to be honest, I've never been a one a person that's kind of we say blows on trumpet. I've never been that um, type of person, but kind of I, I started kind of playing boys club when I was seven, so it was all different back then. What it is, I think it's. Fab fours or fun fours, and it goes up to yeah. I don't know what it is now. So, but back then it was straight into eleven sides. So my boys' club was from seven year old was Mill United, and and yeah, I played a year above me until I had to drop down through the age. So, but when I kind of when I joined kind of Rangers training when I was eleven. So, as I say, boy boyhood club. Um, they come in for you and you're thinking like, that's 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 it. It's the only place you want to be. And it used to be like a Monday or Wednesday or Tuesday, Thursday training at Ibrooks. You would get changed in the 
oh, what was it? It was like a, a kind of a big room. Um, but when obviously we in full time, the room was actually a kind of, I'll say hospitality, but it wasn't, it was a, just a, a big room. You get in there, all the parents would be in there, you get, in, you get changed and you get out and train in the, the Astro Tough across the road. And that, that was it for since we were living until four years or so. Um, but when I went, I went full time at 15, which was in 1996. Um, but I was the only one from age group that, that went full time. Um, but I knew, I knew kind of back then, um, I'd already played with the Scotland schoolboys, um, yeah. live in the back live in the sky against your, your Michael own era and stuff. And that was, I mean, I scored a hat trick live in, live in sky. And it's is that, is that the victory shield? Is that all? Yes, yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, and the victory shield, yep. Yeah. So, but at, at the time, you know, you didn't you, listen, I knew I, I knew I was a good player. Um, and I, when I look back now and you hear coaches saying this to you at the time and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, everybody wanted me. Um, I was probably, and I don't like saying it, but at my age group, my position, best in, best in Scotland. Yeah. Um, wow. Then, as I said, I mean, that, that continued for a, for, a, for a good while. But, I mean, all the, the down south, the clubs are coming in for you, but you've only got one, um, one place to go, and it was definitely Rangers. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what we like to hear. I mean, you, to be honest, you, you covered a few. I wanted to um, look at a bit of Mill United. If could. I, I had a little look around because they've they've produced a few players. A few players have come through, sort of um, Mill United. Um, when, when I was looking, I mean, <clears throat> the only sort of um, the only thing they have of, of Jimmy Gibson joining Rangers, they they actually say it's at nineteen ninety six as a sixteen year old, but obviously it's not. You, mm-hmm. you you were part before that, but so at that time, what's what's the coaching like? Is, was it John McGregor the coach around that time? <laughs> Yep, so when I, I was 15 when I joined, but I turned 16 in the February, so when I went in, it was, honestly, it's is unbelievably daunting, really is. Yeah. Again, at the time, you don't realise it as much, but when you look back, well, I can remember it was uh, Morris Ross was on a, a kind of similar podcast, and, and he was saying it, he, he came through, he's like, could not believe how, how scary a place it was and how dot because it's like it's called be killed. That that's how mm. bad it is. It's not like you're joining a lovely place and everybody's oh welcome. Nowhere near that. Um and the coaches was Bomber and John McGregor. But Bomber was still playing at the time. Right, yeah. He was doing the coaching and um like an emergency season anyway, he was still playing first team, but they were the two coaches. Um yeah, and obviously John Chalmers, obviously he, he obviously passed away. So um, he was kind of a youth coach. That's you know he was in every day as well. But Bomber and John McGregor were the, were the coaches, and it was coaching style, old school. That's that's the only way I can describe it. I loved John McGregor. Absolutely loved him. Um, Bomber loved Bomber as well, but he was. He was very, very tough. Yeah. Very tough. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you see that on the pitch, so you can yeah. absolutely imagine what, what that's like the other side. Um just just around that time then, I mean, <clears throat> in the in the sort of 96, 97, I mean, the, the legends around the club sort of 
you know, we've, we've got the likes of Gorham, McCoist, Gaza, Lauder fall in this time period. Did, did you get to see much of them at that time or, or are you not not too involved in that side? No, well, that's that's the, the difference from where, where the club and that is now until back then. We were all in Ibrox. So mm. we would be, so at, at, when I first went, you were changed. So you were changing the ball boys room, which was a tiny wee room with all the youth players getting changed in there. The reserves were the away dressing room and obviously the first team were in the, the home dressing room. But for your first two years, you've got jobs. So my first year was with Big Oleg, Barry Robson, absolute moon man. So, um, and it was, we were in charge of the balls and the bibs, cones, etc. And the balls had to be a certain pressure. Everything had to be spotless. And do you know what is great? I think that's what's missing now because yeah. it gives you a, a sense of responsibility, your discipline. You could see if there was a ball that was whatever outside the play, Archie would go absolutely crazy. Um, really? So we were always, so we're always in there, and you always you would get into the first team dressing room, and you would sit, you would sit and listen to stories, but they would involve you with different things. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah, uh, it was, it was, it's brilliant. They, they never ever made you feel as if, um, what are you doing here? Mm. And they obviously hear bits and pieces, so if you're doing well and they hear it, you're no longer coming back down because they're like Durante and Coyston, the goalie that, the Fergie, Ian Ferguson, they would, um, you were no chance of getting too big. They'd cut you in pieces. <laughs> yeah, I bet, because, I mean, there's so many characters in that dressing room at the time as well. Did you get, like... Um... No, just from sort of the expos I've, I've listened to that, that go through the sort of apprenticeship, if you will. Um, did you did you, did you get like a few quid chucked chucked away from the first team at like sort of Christmas time and that? My first, as I say, my first year Christmas, I think I got about 500, 500 quid. My second year, I had the the boots, first team boots from number one to eighteen, and I think it was just over a grand at Christmas. Um, it was quite good because a lot of Scottish boys between one and eighteen, so um, they sorted, <laughs> they sorted. But at the same time, it was a bit unfair because so the boot boys, the the boot boys and the the kit the kit lads, they used to always get that um, a wee bonus at Christmas. But the other guys never really got much, so it was a oh, bit yeah. it was a bit unfair. You think back now, you're like, oh, this is probably maybe getting a kitty. And kind of, it's about there's guys in there that's maybe cleaning their way dressing room, that's their job and stuff, and doing like, the reserve kit. They were getting nothing, so it was a bit, it's a bit unfair. <laughs> but at the time, you're thinking, well, I'm not yeah, I'm gonna yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, listen, the guys were always the first team were always there was a few that was miserable, um, but the guys always looked after you, and they used to do like on a Saturday, so we would always, if we were at home, there was always. There'd be three or four apprentices on duty, they called it. Two would be obviously tidying up the first team dressing room, helping me Jimmy with the kit, etc. And the other two would be doing the away dressing room. So you've been, obviously, kick off three o'clock, you've been 12 o'clock. And at the time, it was coupons, coupons galore. So you need to go over to the bookies. I mean, the bookies like you, you're probably 16, 17 at the time. Yeah. Bookies like you. <laughs> You get the curtains, bring them back over, and that'd be the end of it. But it was like there was good money, obviously, getting put on yeah, them. Yeah. But at the same time, you would get like 
I'll just want just say two hundred pound worth of your cutting, right? They give you two fifty. Keep the fifty. So all stuff like that was just yeah. Uh, uh, but I because they know obviously the young boys in me are apprentice, um, and they were also giving you a week and a backhander here and there. So they were really Gaza. One of the stories I tell Gaza is um, needed toothpaste. So it was obviously the where the the Ibrox uh, subway there's obviously a line of shops in that there so need toothpaste go and get me toothpaste right okay 50 pound note you're away over into the, into the shop chemist whatever toothpaste like 99 pence so you get 49 pound change he's like no don't want it thanks for going do you know what I mean so things like that were just at the time you obviously you're a young boy and you're thinking that's brilliant yeah um I mean, 40, 49 pounds for going and getting a pound, 99 pence toothpaste. Uh, but that's the way he was. I I've never met a more generous guy than really? Paul Gar- Yeah, unbelievable. He would, heart of gold. Um, he would get some of the boys that were older and never had a car, like take the car for the weekend, take this, do that. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's amazing to hear that like, it's so inclusive as well, because you do hear dressing rooms that maybe aren't like that. They're, you know, they, they help some of the young boys out, but it's, yeah, it's um, nothing, nothing really like that, not not to the generosity of that. Um, I just wanted to look at, uh, there was an old picture come through, sort of 97, 98, of the, the reserve team at the time, which you were part of. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really decent team, to be fair. I mean, I, I won't go through all of them, but, you know, you've got, you, you, you keep them Mark Brown, who's obviously gone on and, and has had a decent career. Obviously, not mentioned where he's went, but he had a decent career. Um, <laughs> you know, Bob Bob Malcolm, Peter McDonald, Mo Ross, like you said, um, yourself. Um, who else? We've got Barry Nicholson, Scott Wilson, all that these guys. And then, of course, you've got sort of Barry Ferguson. Um, Barry Ferguson, is he in terms of are you the same sort of age because this is like i mean looking through some of these players it feels like it could have been a class of 92 situation coming coming through at one point on i think anywhere else bar rangers and the pressure of your you know nine in a row etc 90 percent of those players if it's all about timing i, I say you mm. need a bit of luck regardless how good you need luck if that group of players came through when the trouble started there, and that they, they would have won, they would have honestly. They, those the teams that we ended up playing in the third division, second division, obviously we get demoted and stuff. They were the teams we used to play in pre-season to get our fitness up. Oh really? Yeah, that. So Fergie, Fergie was two year old on me, um, but as you, Fergie was listen, he, he was um, different class. He, he really was, but. I mean, Fergie, Fergie had his, his problems. He'd want to leave. Um, oh, really? Because he was ready to play first-team football. But the gaffer at the time, well, well, they held him back, held him back. But I think it was probably for his own good because of the, as I say, the pressure on the, the nine-year-old was, was, yeah. was unreal. So they held him back, held him back. But Fergie being Fergie was not happy with that. And... He, obviously, he was threatening, threatening to go and stuff. Could he have played? Yeah. I mean, he played, I think he played the last game of the season against Hearts away and ended up, he was absolutely brilliant, good man of the match. Um, and I think the next year, obviously, Dick came in 
and built a team around them. But yeah, yeah, th- th- those players were um, at the time. Back then, you, you walk into any any uh, first team out with Rangers, yeah. out with Rangers and, and Celtic. Um, if you're looking at the if you're looking at the current first team now and those those players that you've mentioned, maybe in the early twenties, most of them play. If I'm being if I'm being honest, that that's how that's how good um, the the squad that they, they had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just it's, to be honest, I didn't. I mean, in in 1998, um, obviously Advocate comes in. Um, did Advocate get involved too much in this? Because you know we've already seen at this point. I sort of you know you've got. I've looked back at the stats. We've got Lee Feeney, David Graham, Nixon, and obviously Barry Ferguson have, have gone on to make first team appearances. Are they for you boys behind them? Are they the inspirations that this is going to happen, or, or did anything change when Advocate come in? I think um, he never really get involved. To be honest, it was always see uh, Bowman, Bowman, John McGregor. But if if he was looking for, he, he came in and took Fergie right away. Um, Fergie got promoted right in the first team. Um, Barry Nick ended up going there. David Graham went in there, who was extremely lucky. To be honest, um, I think he liked to had David had spent a. Uh, pace and stuff like that, but I think it was, it was extreme. I think there was better players there at the time. Fino, he obviously signed, I think it was a million from Winfield, I think it was. Um, yeah. Maniac. Absolute. Oh, is it really? Ah, oh, just an absolute nutcase. Um, typical Belfast boy, just just mad. Um, but Fino come over and he, he trained with us in the, in the first team. So, but we, we always knew that it was always going to be hard. I mean, you look at the players he came over, and you look at the players he, he brought yeah. in. Um, you, you know, at the time, it's it's going to be very, very difficult. If you get, listen, you're, you're one or two, then especially with Arm at the bang right in the middle. I mean, you're looking at the players there. It's Barry Nick was in the middle, but he moved. Bob and John had moved them out to the right, a midfield. Oh, so that worked for him going forward because he made a career out of playing there. Um, and the first team at the time, the strongest point I would say is bang right in the middle. Um, so there was there was a kind of a gap there for somebody to play, maybe in the right hand side now and again. And at the time, you you needed I think it was a two under twenty ones on the bench as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, there was also there was always a chance of maybe if you're on the bench getting on. But I don't I don't know. I, I mean, listen, I'm thankful that he, he did give me my my debut, but I found them. I, I, listen, the Dutch, the Dutch are very, very arrogant at the best of the time, right? Yeah. Some yeah. of them, some of them, like Ronnie De he can be arrogant, but he was. I, what I will say is there was not one of them that was bad with it. They were arrogant, but they were great lads. Um, mm. but for me, I mean, there was a power trip there, and I just didn't. I didn't really like him, I'll be honest. I mean, it was like a, a dictatorship. Do not eat your lunch until I start eating my lunch. Um, and that's, that's a bit, I mean, it's, it's not primary school. And they would sit. So they brought over the, it was his, Bert was his, obviously his assistant. He brought over a youth coach in Jan Dirks, who he wasn't any better than what we had. Or for me, 
never improved anything. He brought over the, the big Dutch doc, who was, again, we had a great doc, uh, doc McGuinness, and they kind of get pushed out and made we hand over as a physio from Bantire. So at the, at the dinner table, all Dutch and we hand and maybe the Doc McGuinness at the time, they would just sit and speak Dutch. Really? I mean, yeah. So you get, if we hand those here, you say, oh, you're kind of sitting like, it's terrible. I, I just, I found them very ignorant, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. But listen, some of the, I mean, I don't think fair to speak higher enough for him, but for me, I, I don't know. I just, I just didn't, I didn't like that kind of like nuns. Kind of, as a coach and a manager, I think he obviously was absolutely brilliant for what he done and tactically and that. Listen, I don't think people can speak high enough, but as a person, uh, not for me. Wow, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to hear because I imagine it was a big coach change as well. Of obviously the the big Dutch import that, that we had around then. I mean, for fans, it's, it's obviously fantastic because we're seeing these these amazing yeah. players come and join the club. But you don't really think about that that other yeah. side of it. Did it ever and feel were, like? To be honest, they were they were brilliant. Honestly, the players yeah. were absolutely brilliant. Big Bert, he was here a month and had a Scottish accent. Arthur Newman, one <laughs> of the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Um, Ronnie, they say, unbelievably arrogant, but it could be. Look what he done in the game. Oh, yeah, it, it yeah, could yeah, be anything. Yeah. Um, Mikey Moles, I mean, he, he would have been an absolute top draw if that never happened to him. It, it, it came to the point, I mean, he ended up starting to, to kind of play with us at the end. That, that's oh, really? kind of, it was a sin seeing him because he, he could have been he could have been special. He, he was, I mean, he, he came and he was just, he was bamboozling people. And he, he, I think he was bamboozling himself that turn sometimes, I know what he was doing. Um, <laughs> But I absolutely couldn't could not speak high enough for the guys, really. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he's. I, I recently uh, went on to a, a another Rangers podcast, um, just sort of, sort, of, sort of one of the guys that uh, he's doing a piece on there, like greatest Rangers 11s and stuff. And I, I put Moles in mine, like just from like your your own experience, Rangers 11s, I think, and that Moles was in mine because he was just. I always I even said like that that. Turner used to do. I swear, he used to look. He'd get bundled with players, and he would just pop out the other side with the ball, and he was unbelievable. But the thing um, about it as well, I think most people, most defenders and fans knew he was going to do it, but yeah. it was just that was like lean to the other side and take it, and that was him. He was gone. Um, but as I say, obviously, you if you rate him that highly as well, that that killed him, didn't it? He was never the the same. I think suffering the knee injury. I think a lot of the, his turn was a lot of pressure yeah. on the knee to go the other way. I think it must have been the back of his mind. So, but yeah, it, it wasn't nice to see. But yeah, what quality player and a quality guy. But I'm just saying what happened to him. Yes, and it is. It was annoying for me as well because we were battering Bayern in that game as well. So it's even more frustrating that we went yeah, out. Definitely. Um, did, did 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 it feel like the gateway closed off at that point for for the first team for the, any of the youth players or did you? Nothing much changed in terms of. Let's not be honest. I've, I've always been honest. But for me, I was only. Um, I don't think he rated me that highly. If I'm being honest, okay. um, there was there was players I seen kind of um, getting to train with the first team and like maybe in there or thereabouts. I was never never felt like felt like that personally. Um, it was always. 
I would always have John McGregor and Bomber pushing me. Um, but it never seemed to it never seemed to happen, to be honest. And I, mm-hmm. I knew myself that I was never going to be a regular starter there because no no through no through ability or I just he obviously had his he, he had just fair gay two guys, Big George, Gio, Claudio, um other players there that were always they're always going to start before me. Yeah. Um, and so you you know that um so you can't I mean he promoted Big Bob, um which he should have done to be fair because he was too good for the reserves like most of us but he found a I found a space a space for Bob. Mo ended up getting promoted and Mo tell you selling fair play and Mo worked his ass off to get there because ability wise, I mean he he could obviously take his touch and pass, etc. But Mo got himself as fit as he possibly can. Um and he, he worked very, very hard for it and fair fair play. And we'll tell you that he'll tell you that himself. Um and listen, had a very good career and a successful career at Rangers um by doing that. But there was a few kind of wee snippets of other players. I mean, Stevie Hughes got there. He, he liked mm. Stevie Hughes. Um, but any of the ones promoted, in my opinion, they were, I mean, they never had anything more. Different, obviously, positions with Bob and Mo and that. But um, if anyone coming through was, I don't think they were obviously better than myself. But I knew it was, it was never going to be a sustained kind of period where that I was always kind of hanging about there. That was never going to happen. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and just moving on from that then, I mean, under Advocate, you, you go on to make your debut. Um, is this, this Kilmarnock 2-0 win, right, the, the debut? Um, I, I'm just looking, obviously, you, you make another appearance under Advocate as well, which I have as a League Cup win over Airdrie. Yeah, Airdrie, yeah. Um, but just looking at the sort of teams that you actually play, you know, you're on the pitch being with, I mean, I just wrote down a few of the names, but Kloss, Amo, DeBoer, Kachelskis, Latapi, Moles, Avalada, Kanegia, Newman. I mean, it's just, they're absolute superstars, right? Are you thinking at this point, even if it doesn't work out here, you know, the, the career's going to go somewhere pretty big after this if I'm, if I'm mixing it with the big boys? Yeah, you, at the time you don't really, you don't think about that. Um, you just see them as the same as yourself. That their players, right? Yeah. That's it. But um, you do think that you've had a snippet of like kind of an appearance. Um, hopefully, you can push on and start to get more games. But as you say, if you don't, then you're thinking, obviously, listen, I'll have, um, I'll go on to another team. It's obviously, not going to be as big as Rangers, but um, you can still make a kind of Decent, decent enough career out of it, but I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, I'm done not too bad, but I was, I never, and I'm honest with this as well, and I've said it before, I never lived my life right. Um, right it yeah. was, I had a lot of problems with my pelvis since I was fifteen, okay. over twenty jags, five operations, but I never ever gave myself the best chance of overcoming that because. I lived in that, I lived in that kind of bubble that drinking and gambling you thought was right. And I, I, listen, I never ever gave myself 
um, the best chance to either chap the door of the first team or go and stay in the, the Premier League because I was um, I loved training, hated running, hated it, but I never got myself. If I had if I had Mo's attitude towards um, his fitness side of it, I would have been retired somewhere and now been a millionaire. And <laughs> I'm not, yeah, that, and do you know what? That that's because ability wise, it when I felt fit, regardless of who I played against, I, I just felt was, I could. There was never anybody going to be anywhere near me. And that that sounds like big headed, but that that's actually when I when I felt fit. But that was a very very rare occasion, if I'm being honest. With you. Um, yeah. But I mean, at the time there was when Fergie Fergie came through. What do you think? I was because at the start when I started, Fergie used to pick me up. He was Bell Hill and I was Hamilton. Um, Fergie had picked me up for the first few months or so, but so he he's coming through a two year or a year and a half older than me, but he's coming through as a midfielder. I'm coming through as a midfielder. There's people talk about Fergie. There's people talk about me. He's obviously sees that as a kind of. Um, you're my direct opponent kind of thing. Right, so, yeah, like a threat, yeah. John, yeah. so at that time, I can always remember John McGregor and Bomber in my year saying, Fergie's, oh, Fergie's this and that, you need to do this, to, um, he's better than you at this. And, and to a certain degree, probably, maybe Fergie as well. But I said, on, on, on the day, Fer, Fergie was, um, at that time, far more advanced than... And what I learned a lot off here. Yeah, I never seen him as a as a um a challenge to, to that position. Fergie was always going to go and have that, but the difference Fergie had an unbelievable arrogance about himself. Um I never quite had that to be fair. Um yeah. I was quite uh, shy in coming forward and saying, Yeah, I'm the I'm the best here. And that always comes back to if I never felt really fit, the doubts in your head about is your groin going to go? Is this going to go? It, it plays up, but um, yeah, at, at, at the time, Fergie was Fergie, Fergie was top draw. Yeah, it's, it's interesting just to hear you say about obviously the, the gambling and because it was I was the culture back then, wasn't it? I think and you know, I think plenty of very very talented young players have probably lost a career to it. Um, and, and it's such a shame because obviously you've got Barry Ferguson has come through a couple of years ahead of you and it's, you know, you could have had this Ferguson-Gibson partnership for, for the years to come. But um, just just on the debut itself, are you are you told like ahead of time that there's a chance you're coming on here or is it, it was just a, you're on the bench and, and it's just one of those moments? Yeah, and that's, that's the thing as well. It's um, myself and Bob. Bob is, what, a year younger than me, I think. Yeah, so... We'd obviously kind of been close. Um, as I say, I was a, I was only wanting to go full time for my year. Then the next year would have been, I think it was it would have been Bob, Bob and VPs and Mo and stuff like that. I think so. You're always kind of grown up youth team reserves. So the two is made. Bob actually started the game. Um, so we drove in together on the bus. I remember Ian Ferguson. We'd played a it was pre season. We'd played Stirling away. Um, 
And obviously, two is all sitting there, and he's like, "Look at the two, he's thinking he's just and Durante and stuff like that." But, <laughs> um, so it was actually great that obviously Bob started the game, um, and I obviously come on. I think I actually think I was coming on five minutes to go, but the ball never went out for about three minutes. Um, so I get two minutes, but there was, no, there was no inclining. Again, this is what I say: it would be if you're around about the first team. Um, you're up taking a, their pace of training. You get to know their players. It was never a case for me. It was a, the squad would go up. Oh, listen, John McGregor, so you're in the squad, all right. And you're going hoping that you maybe get get on. But it was never the, the, the case for me that I was a sustained training with a first team where you got up to that speed. You were you were stuck in, this, in a rotted in reserve. It was terrible. Mm. Um, I stayed way much longer than I, than I should have um, just through in a comfort zone so but just, no, there, there was nothing never once can I pulled aside and says listen I'm going to I'm going to play tomorrow you're going to come on tomorrow nothing for me that's anyway that's, that, that's really interesting because I, I my just like Gavin like looking up at your career and stuff I thought when you made this day I thought you had already been in the first like t- training wise you had been mm-hmm. in around the first team because I mean, nowadays you get like the, the boys are plucked from the youth and, and they start training around the first team consistently before they're even thought about making an appearance. So it's, it's really interesting that you're actually in the reserve team at this stage and, and you're just plucked from the bench almost. And... Yeah, that, honestly, that was, as I said, when we moved to, where would we have been there? And was, uh, was it Ibrox? Well, would have been, we're still at Ibrox training and stuff. So we would have been there readdressing them. But the training-wise, Bob would have probably maybe been Run about that time with the train with the first team, um, and like you obviously Barry Nicks and stuff. But I said I wasn't, um, and I'll be honest, it, it was never. I mean, I think the most that sustained training would have been a week maybe with the first team, and okay. that wasn't. I guarantee you that wasn't down to good performances. I was training with the first team because they were short of numbers. Uh, right. so, and I knew that myself. I knew the fact, I knew he didn't fancy me, but I think he had to be seen doing something because Bomber really? and John were, were pushing me. Uh, because I, I doubt, back to when I joined, when I joined the youth team was um, like Fergie, Fergie, who else would have been? Um, who else would have been above Fergie that you would know? I remember. So they, these were all, they, they were all good players. So I was playing at that fifteen. So yeah. the time me and other people, were coming, I had outgrown the youth team, but it was sixteen and a half, seventeen. Then so then at sixteen you're playing reserves. We we played the Glasgow Cup final at Parkhead. Um, we won one 0 I was sixteen and get sent off. Um, so I had outgrown all that. So when I had eighteen. I should have been then playing first team football. I'm not saying that's with Rangers, but I should. I was at the stage where that's where I should have went. I never went, and I just my career after that. Oh, listen, I made a few appearances, and I've always got that to fall back. And it's an absolute unbelievable experience for to do that. But my my career hit that when I, when I was 18 because I had been yeah. there for 15 since I've been 15, I was ready to then start playing first team when I was 18. 
Um, are there so are there during that period because obviously now you the loan system is used heavily for, for youth players was that not really a thing because I, I know that the odd loan you, you see but was it not really used for development that much back then no no john mcgregor tried to push me because he obviously i mean john had a good career with, with, he was down at liverpool and rangers but again terrible knee injury so mm-hmm. i think he retired early and he was a midfielder so he, he kind of um, Europe, he was always trying to push me out um, in loan, but the only time I came close to it was St Mirren, who were in the Premier League. I can't even remember who in the Premier League, but he's like, listen, you need to go. You're wasting your time here. You need to get out and play games, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, dad, I want to go. Um, they tried to send me to Australia. I don't know if you remember the, the, the set oh, up, the northern, the yeah, area. northern spirit, I think it was. Yeah, that's it. Um, but I had just, I had been what 17 at the time, and I had just bought a house. Um, and I'm like, no, so I just moved into a house, I'm not going there for a year. Um, and I was kind of homeboy, and I'm like, not a chance. Um, for me, so there was a few things that went back then I probably should have done that the, the St. Mern loan should have been done. That should have been a million percent. Listen, you're going there, whether you like it or not, you're going end of. Instead of that, you were playing the Monday night at Dumbarton against guys who had fell out with their gaffers um, that were yeah. playing as their football. That, that, that was, honestly, as you look back to me, it was horrendous. Monday night at Dumbarton, freezing, nobody interested, three men and a dog, horrendous. And by the way, yeah. see that time as well, we've got, Mikey Moses playing with us, Wee Russell's playing with us. Um, you've, you've got a big George sometimes, feed fella. This is who we were getting on Monday night. Really? And regardless of how much a professional you are, if you're coming back from fitness, the gaffers are like, listen, go and get 60 minutes under your belt, play a game, that's you, you're back in. These guys had fell out, they were nowhere near the first team. Marco Negri, Marco, get, um, he get packed into the wee dressing room with us, honestly. Absolute legend because he's the only person that was behind me at running. Absolutely. <laughs> was, we used to do this thing at Christmas. Horrible, horrible. So it was running the track, running the pitch, running the boy track, right? Now, again, all short, sharp stuff, brilliant at long distance, horrendous, right? So you had to do a minimum of eight laps in 12 minutes. Round books that still makes me feel. I used to run thinking, right? What, what, so I used to have like a big box with the sand in case somebody threw flares and stuff, and they put this. I used to run, spend the full eight laps thinking, what one can I trip over? What one am I diving <laughs> out? And that was honest, it was horrendous run. But you just look back and you see Marco, and it'd be like, just jogging, he's he's locked, bouncing away, no interest. Um, and it was a again. He's another one that what a what a start he had. Scary. Um, yeah. Again, ended up ended up with with us in the redressing room. Um, but he he was he was a funny guy. Yeah, he's, I mean he's super interesting. There was a I think someone brought up a stat recently that they're talking about uh, Erling Haaland's start at Man City and and the goals he's on for. And they were like he was behind what Marco Negri did that yeah. season. Yeah, I've seen that. Scary, isn't it? it was scary, scary stat. Yeah. Um, so just moving on to that, the following season, you, you don't make any uh, first-team appearances. Have 
are, are you getting flare-ups of the injury problems at this point, or is this a constant thing that you're, you're managing? No, I can remember it. So I would have been, what, 19 maybe then. Um, and I, I can obviously remember it was, it was just, I had a hernia operation then. Um, I, I was going down for an operation to Bradford to get the, so my tendon and my groin, my doctor had came away from the bone. So that had to be reattached. And I was going down on the Monday, not at all, I was going down on the Thursday to get it done. Played Aberdeen on the Wednesday and snapped my ligaments in my ankle. Oh, so <laughs> I went down to get that operation and I come back and I had this operation was like, it was horrendous. It really was. And we had this, I had this thing around my, I'm trying to board a plane. It was like a big nappy I had on because my two groins got done. And it was oh, like right. a big, massive nappy. I had a moon boot on because I had snapped the ligaments. And I thought, you know what, this is just, this sums up the full year. So I don't think I played much. Football, yeah. to be honest, that, that full year. And if I did, I was never fit. I was never fit. Yeah, and then, and then obviously <clears throat> the following year, 0102, which, I mean, this is, this is where I sort of first heard the name Jimmy Gibson, to be honest, because, you know, I'm, I'm playing championship manager and... and Jimmy Gibson's one of the stars of the reserve team that you, you get up into your first team and and then you know you develop it in Isle Sport. Telling all my mates, you know, Jimmy Gibson, he's the next one. He's the next one. You wait. But um, you, you make another appearance under Advocat in um, 0102. He then leaves, um, and McLeish comes in. D- do you speak to McLeish when he when he comes in? Is it a fresh start? Is it is, is it a different focus from him? Well, the funny thing was, um, we played Hibs. When I, when I was at Hibs, we played Hibs in the reserve game. And again, I must have felt fit, but I can remember, I controlled the game. It, it was, I strolled through the great the game and he was looking to take me to Hibs. Okay. So when he came into Rangers, I think, right, great. It's a, it's a new start. It's a new start. Um, but again, instead of me pushing on, I, I just went through through the motions um, until maybe maybe I think well, I was in the the European squad for where it, is it Victoria Shishkov or something they were called they beat us two 0 over there in Czech Republic Victoria I think it was Victoria something anyway. Um, so I was kind of, I was near the squad then and what was we we advocate to be honest. Yeah. But and he spoke to me a few times. He's like, listen, keep doing what you're doing, um, keep running games, blah blah blah, and you will be um you'll get your awards, etc. But again, um and Fergie the same problem at that time, my groins went again. Groins right. went again. Oh, uh, that was the full story, Rangers. I'll be honest with you. Full story was stop, start, stop, start. You get somewhere, something happened. Um, but yeah, he he spoke to me. I liked him. I liked him. He had um, not every player liked him. If I'm being honest with you, um, okay. a, few, a few things to say, but I liked him. I think I found him honest enough with me, and if I did do well, um, I was. Round, round, the, round the squad and again typical was 
you're probably going to touch it right enough. Um, but when I come on against Hearts, th- this yep. sums up. That this sums up. That I think the whole Rangers thing for me was cost. It's got to be a come on against Hearts. Um, I was flying in the reserves. I got myself again fit. I don't know about the kind of summer each time, or April, May, whatever it was, and I was flying. Came on against Hearts, put the ball around the corner and went over my ankle. So I came on as a sub. I came on as a sub and had to go back off. That, that just summed everything up. Yeah. And to the best of it, the last few games, I think, I think we'd already won the league. The last few games, the gaffer at the time played a few of the young boys, the last few games. Big Andy Dewey, yeah. I think, we we Berkey played. So again, that would be me playing for the start. Yeah, 100%. So yeah. it's just, that's what I said at the start of the show, you need to have, regardless of how good you are, you need to have luck in your side. And yeah. that whole, honestly, that whole time there was, was just a curse. Um, but no, going back to him, I, I liked him. To say, obviously, he gave you that wee bit of, it gave me that bit of confidence because I knew he liked me. I knew he was going to, he was looking to sign me for Hibs. He came yeah. to Rangers. Fair enough, he's, he's dealing with a different calibre of player at Rangers, not as Hibs. Um, but you, you still knew that he liked you and he, give, he did give a few young boys a chance as well. So um, I liked him, to be fair. And his assistant, uh, Andy Watson, again. At that time, I think that's, you had Alec, Andy Watson, we handle the physio. You had the big um, Doc McGuinness, and it was a it was like a family there because they were all yeah. were all so close. Um, there was a there was a great bunch, and thank you, thank you, the, the, the players, Celtic had back in as well. So they'd done. I mean, he came in. I think did he win his treble in his first. Full season, I think. Yeah, it might have um, been the first full season, yeah. Yeah, um I mean in Celtic had a right good a right good squad, so he done great. Um but I think it was because they had a a right good kind of togetherness. Um, yeah. there was no like you eat when I eat. There was no mobile phones band. I know this sounds petty, but you're an adult. Yeah. yeah. Do not be do not be seen in your phone. I mean, um, but yeah, I'm getting on there. But anyway, no, I liked him. It was it was good. Um, so that was it. No, that's fine. I mean, he's obviously doing it on a bit of a budget as well. With the one time the cliche comes in. Um, at, at this point, are you obviously you've got the injury problems? Are you in and around the, the first team at this point? Are you? Are the nights out with the first team still? Has it changed much from from the Gaza days um, since the Dutch boys come in, and or are people still no, going out? No, no, no. It was um, the boys enjoyed the night out. You had uh, what well, I say too much, but they'd done it at the right times. Um, you had Muskie um, was over there, obviously Muskie, um, maniac, but great guy, honestly, Jamie, a guy. He'd obviously big Oz, Fergie. Um, Bob, listen, Arthur Newman was always, he was always the same. They were always out. You'd wee Neely, you had a good. Kenny Miller was, was you had, um, was Kenny at the time? I can't remember. Um, you had a good bunch, but listen, they'd done it at the at the right times. And obviously, Mo and, uh, sorry, Oz and Fergie talk about their, their Shandy club at pre-season. <laughs> um, going to the Cricklewood, I think, for a Shandy after the, every training session at pre-season. But no, the, the nights were still 
um, still happening. But I mean, a lot of people. It would be a Tuesday night. You would always train a Monday, Tuesday. No midweek game. Monday, Tuesday, off a Wednesday. Train a Thursday, Friday, obviously playing the Saturday. But so if you were out, it would be a, a Tuesday. Um, yeah. Obviously, the cover Wednesday. I don't think it's as much that happens as much now. To be honest, but <laughs> yeah. all, I mean, the, you would go out and you would bump into all the players. See for every club, it would all be oh, the okay. same. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't as if it was just like. Hey guys, you bump into Celtic players, Hearts, Aberdeen players. Um, Tuesday night was kind of student slash footballer night, to be honest. But no, listen, the guys, the guys socialised, done at the right times, and listen, it worked for them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny to say, I mean, I've heard obviously before that, that players you you don't think about it as a fan that players obviously bump into each other and like out and they're probably on friendly basis and then they talk obviously on the pitch they're complete rivals but i think us fans are like you know we'd expect you to slide challenge in a club and yeah. stuff like that because we don't see why that side of it you know? why are you talking yeah. why are you talking to yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't see it but obviously you know it's, it's a different life off the pitch yeah. isn't it? sports social podcast network i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.